Welcome to Awaken Bake, an educational, high vibrational, mystical, spiritual pot, I'm sorry, podcast from two girls, one joint, and a journey to awaken what's inside all of us. In the words of the wise Wiz Khalifa, let's roll something and get the motherfucking day started. Hey, bitches. Let's get it started. Let's go. Let's roll. You guys, despite our cute little demeanor, today's episode is very triggering. So I'm going to give you a trigger warning right now. Um, we're going to talk about everything that it has to do with family trauma. That could be whatever that means to you. Okay. I feel like that covers everything. So <laughs> this is a trigger warning for everything. Okay. <laughs> Literally anything that can fall under that. <laughs> this, this is going to be an emotional episode. And before we start, I just wanted to say when it comes to so this whole episode is about distancing yourself from your family and the, the importance of it and the very realness of it and how it's honestly just a possibility in a lot of people's lives and the current reality of a lot of people's lives. And I want you guys to know a few things going into this. Number one, you're not alone. Um, that's the biggest thing. It, I, it's very isolating and it's, it feels scary and it feels lonely when you are the black sheep of the family, so to speak. Um, and I totally understand that. And I also want to say no matter how valid the reason is, it's okay if you're still sad about it as well. Uh, it goes against our human nature to leave or like separate ourselves from our family, especially on, especially on like an emotional level. Um, and it's, it's genuinely against our biology to like cut off contact or like have like a, uh, no need for our family. You know what I mean? So the pain you feel that comes with it, no matter how real and valid your situation is, just know you're not alone. We are here with you. We see you. There's an entire community of way more people than you realize who are in a very similar situation. So many more than you realize. Like, I feel like this is something that's so not talked about. It's so like taboo because like, obviously family is a super important thing. We are not <laughs> denying that at all. But I think we all sometimes need the reminder that so are you, so is your health, so is your needs, so is like literally you, everything about you. And it is okay to distance yourself from family. In fact, I think it's kind of essential for growth and like finding yourself as an individual to separate yourself from the people that you were raised by and raised with. Just like I think it's essential to leave your hometown and like the comfort of where you are, you were, you were grew up because like you need to experience those new things and you need to experience those new things on your own and you need to make your own mistakes and your own decisions and not have that kind of safety net if it is a safety net for you or traumatic response that it may be if that's how it is for you because I think that's kind of like the one of two ways that family can be is either supportive or unsupportive so like either way you need to figure it out on your own um in my experience being in constant contact with my family and I'll say especially my mom, is not good for my mental health. Like it is not good. And that was a hard thing for me to realize. Um, I wouldn't call myself a black sheep of my family, which is the kind of funny thing, like, because I think a lot of us think of that, that being who needs the break. But like I am like the glue of my family at times, I feel like. Like Real. I'm – I'm the one who like my parents and I were very close, like I – but it's because I was constantly changing myself to be what I thought they needed or wanted me to be instead of being myself. So I took a good like year off from not total contact from my mom, um, but like I would answer calls on my terms, which was something I hadn't done before. Before I had a guilt of like, okay, I always need to answer the phone when my mom calls or if I can't, I have to text her and be like, this is why I can't call you. I'll call you here. Um, but instead, I took this time to be like, okay, I'm 
going to answer my call, her calls when I can, when I want, when I feel safe. And I'm going to put limits on what I talk about, what we discuss. I'm going to put limits on the time that we're going to talk. Like all of that was something that I had to do for myself. And it was very healing. It was not always easy, but I needed to learn like what the boundaries were. I needed to learn how to find those within myself. And I really had to step back and figure out how we can have a relationship and how that relationship is going to be as two mutual adults instead of an adult and child. Like I had to completely change the dynamic of what our relationship was. That is so important too. I would love to like kind of touch on that as well, because a lot of us when we're children, at least in my experience, I knew that I needed to go no contact. I knew that I needed separation happening or some kind of distance, but I was a minor. So I did not have that option. I did not have that ability. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so when I think it's such a privilege. So remember, like, you're, if you are an adult and you are able to remove yourself and do what's best for your health, like, take that opportunity because. It's going to be so impactful later. I, I was in rehab when I was 19 and I was with people who were from 15 to like 60 about, and you would be so surprised how Damn. many people were more in like the 40 to 50 range. So like a majority of the people there were like, it was me and a few other girls who were like in our, I was 19 and they were like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pretty much everybody else uh, that I kind of was in contact with for my specific time and my stay there were in their 40s and 50s and a lot of them were dealing with like boundary setting with like and like but it was it was all stuff from like their childhood and I remember thinking like oh my god I'm so fucked up that I'm in this place because I'm so young and I'm here with all these older people and I told my therapist there that and he was like ah, these people here you would be so surprised that they're kind of dealing with the same things that you go through so you're getting it out of the way now hopefully <laughs> hopefully you don't have to come back but if you do it's okay or you'll, you'll learn um but so like really guys like it is from someone who used to like stay up at night like r- really nervous about like um from from the comfort and safety of someone else's home worried about I hope I don't have to go home um being an adult and having the ability to make adult decisions for what's best for you and your health and your safety it really is a privilege like so take that opportunity to better yourself and heal yes and like i think a lot of us I feel like we forget like that we have that power within us now that we are adults. Like, and I think our families can make us forget that, especially our parents. It can they can kind of keep us in like that mentality, especially like when you're home. Like for me, my childhood home is a very triggering place for me because I feel like I immediately fall back into like some of my worst places. I immediately fall back into some of my worst headspaces just by being surrounded by like those walls. Yeah, um, and I think it's very hard. It's worth saying that it's hard for parents to accept that their kids grow up and change. I think that's also a fair side of it to mention that they have, while we're discussing this as like the children who are like, they also have to like realize like, okay, our babies are not babies. They're grown up now. Like, and that's- They're going to, and yes, and they're going to remember. Like people forget like, oh, my child's going to grow up and remember what I did to them. Yes. Like it doesn't just go away. Like I'm not an animal. Like I'm a human (laughs) being and you shouldn't do that to animals either. Like abuse is abuse, but like, damn, that's my, like I always used to think that like, y'all think I'm just going to forget? You think I just don't remember anything? And unfortunately, as you get older, it seems like as I've entered like my adulthood, I get like- more memories of it like it just isn't keeps- that a bitch yeah and then you, you enter therapy and it's like oh god here it all comes flooding mm-hmm. or you do shrooms and it's like mm, 
Wow. Look at well, I guess we're addressing that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ex expanding your mind has consequences. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's been a really big thing for my continue my family to continue to see me as the person I was. Like I said, like I feel like I'm a totally different human than I was five years ago, 10 years ago, like when I was in high school, like graduated high school 10 years ago now, that seems so crazy. But like, right, like my senior year of high school, I was very irresponsible. I lie a lot. I, I like did things that I'm not proud of. I was not who I wanted to be, but that's okay because that's what you're supposed to be at 18. Like you're not supposed to be the perfect person yet. You. That's why we have this time as an adulthood, especially in our 20s and stuff to like figure that shit out. Um, but I feel like a lot of times I feel the guilt or like I feel like they look at me like I'm still that person. Like I'm still not going to be honest with them maybe or I'm still just going to go out and party. I'm still going to do all those things even though now I'm 28 years old and I'm about to be a mom. Like I have all of this stuff. I'm com again completely different. But I feel like they'll kind of put me into these boxes. And that's another thing that triggers me is like being made to feel like the growth that I know I did didn't actually happen or making me question that I actually have put in this work that I've put yeah. in and I've become this person. And that it sounds so fucking frustrating. That's <laughs> such a good, that's such a good point. It is. It's like, and I feel that way even with my siblings sometimes. Um, I'll be honest about that. It's a different though because we have the the relationship now where we can discuss things and we know that we all kind of go through similar things. And I do think that's like I do the same thing to my siblings. Like I'll think of my sister and I'm like, oh my god, she's still that freaking idiot ten year old. And like, no, she's not. <laughs> she's grown up. But like, I think, and that's why it's important to take time away to kind of be able to break those. Uh, I don't know what to say, walls, but um, like those characteristics that we think we put on people, those beliefs that we put on people to then like come back to them and be able to be like, oh, okay, no, like we're all different people now. We're all adults now. Like we've all learned these cool lessons. We all have different things to offer. We've come from different places. Even though we're from the same family, we've gone different places and we've learned different experiences and different things. And now we're coming together as new people because you really are new people compared to who you were as children to who you are now. Like well, that's completely. a great point. That's a great point. I'm glad that also we're bringing this up too, because I don't, it doesn't always have to be so like, oh, my family did something like negative. Like it's just, if you're, like you said, you're around them all the time and it's essential for growth. We talk about like spending time by yourself, no matter who you are, even if you have the most healthy family relationships in the world, like it doesn't matter. Solitude and time alone is essential for your growth. So especially if you're in an environment that is maybe not so safe and not so healthy, like how are you going to heal and grow in a place that like you can't you're not like, going to exactly. <laughs> um, I think it feels weird to do this, to distance yourself. I think you feel a lot of guilt because one, like Danny said, like naturally it feels wrong, but like also society is constantly telling you like family's the most important thing. Family's number one, but that's not true. You are the most important thing. You Reach. are nothing to your family if you are not authentically yourself and comfortable with them. You're nothing to anyone if that's not what you are at, at a base. Like that is the core of everything. And I needed my own time to like embrace this and learn it and find out who that person was. And again, you can't do that if you have other people putting influences on you. We've talked about how even friends you have to step away from for sometimes just because you need a little bit of space to find yourself. And like your safetyness and your happiness matter so much more. Family is a beautiful thing obviously. Like that's where you come from. Those people give you everything, your genetics. My mom loves to say like, I brought you into this world. She did. I literally came through her. Like Is she- that the whole saying? Because my mom says, I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. No. Yeah. That's usually what my it is. My mom can't, my mom has to couple it with the threat. <laughs> 
I was just trying to be nice. My mom's favorite threat, though, was I'll break every bone in your body. And when I was like five, I was like, Ooh. now, how are you going to do that? Are you going to use like a steamroller? Like, how does oh, this happen? Oh, of course, Kels. <laughs> but yeah, like they are – the unfortunate truth of the fact that like they're beautiful, it's important, is that like they didn't always get it right. You're, it wasn't always perfect. Like they are – Amazing. They're human. Right. But they're human. And like they hurt me. My parents hurt me. They made mistakes. They didn't teach me what healthy love is. They failed to show me what my emotions are and how to navigate them in a healthy way. But that's okay. Like I'm not mad anymore. I definitely was at a time. And I think that's kind of like the stages of grief. You have to go through all different things. But like right. I'm no longer mad because I took this time to teach myself like what these things that they forgot to teach me were. Um, and but they're human. Like we said, I'm human. I'm I'm pregnant right now and I'm sure I'm going to fuck up this kid in ways. Like it's going to happen. I think it's part of being a parent. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is thinking that they're going to be a perfect parent or they're going to be a perfect anything because we know that perfection is just not real. And distancing, my, distancing myself from my family was not spiteful. It kind of felt that way at first, but it was like a survival thing. It was something I had to do. Like the, there was the authentic me inside that was screaming to like, we need to figure this out or I'm going to continue to be a liar to them, not because I'm being dishonest about like where I am at night <laughs> anymore, but because I'm lying about who I am. Um, there were and still are things I needed to learn for myself. We all do. Like I think a jarring part of adulthood is when that glass shatters and you see that your parents are flawed and they're not superheroes. <laughs> like I used to think of my parents as like the cool, like superheroes. They could do anything. Nothing could take them down. And like that's just not the case. And for some of us, it happens much younger. We we learn this stuff. Some people have to learn it when they're like five or three. Like mm -hmm. I'm very grateful that it was probably like the first time I was like 15-ish and I kind of was like, oh, I think that they might not actually be perfect. And then as an adult, like 25, maybe like three or four years ago, I had like a real like shattering moment of like, okay, so they actually don't know everything. They actually right. don't like <laughs> – Oh my god, honestly. In some ways, get it. That was that was like such a big thing for me because growing up, I mean, I'll get into it a little bit more later, but yeah, growing up, like I would have these arguments with one of my parents a lot. And I remember being like, I just feel like I know that I'm like right, even if I don't know like everything about being it about the situation right now. I just feel like I know <laughs> like that I'm right. And but it's still I still had this weird concept that like, oh, but you know, you're my parents, so you're way smarter than me and you know more. And when I when I had a conversation about a year ago with that same parent and we were having a discussion and I was like, we were talking about something that was one of my best subjects in school and uh, they were disagreeing with me. And I was like, well, I actually like have nothing to argue any further because I know I'm factually, <laughs> I know I'm right. And like, you didn't even like go to high school. Like you literally make it so clear that like, Y'all did not care about school. Y'all barely graduated. So like you, factually, like I just am so correct. I don't need anything else to tell me I'm right other than my basic ass education <laughs> that I got. Do you um, want to see my degree? Like, <laughs> Right. Like, do you, would you like to see my high school diploma? Um, I, I don't know. Like, do you want to see like the classes schedule I took? Like that I was in advanced English? Like, sorry, I know what I'm fucking saying. It was just something like you couldn't argue. And I was like... Oh, okay. So you're not really that smart. So I, okay. Okay. That shattered a lot for me. That shattered, yes. that helped, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, like, cause everyone comes from a different perspective. You know what I mean? So it can be right. good or it can be bad. In that moment for me, it was good. Cause I was like, 
So all those fights throughout childhood, I probably was right, huh? Maybe once or twice. (laughs) Yeah, at least. And I think that's the thing. Again, like we put for obvious reason, they brought us here. Like we put them on a pedestal, but like we have to remind ourselves they are human, which again, that's the other side of that is that they're, they are trying. Like even though it might seem like it, even the worst parent is in some way trying. I want to say like that might sound bad and I'm sure people could give me examples Everybody's of best no. looks right. different. Exactly. Like there is so which is, much. Which is, if you have like the worst of the worst parent, that's really hard to hear. And I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I think that's something that gives yourself a lot of peace is to like recognize, okay, like, but I do think that they at least were trying a little bit, a smidge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think these are the moments when then we have these feelings that are what drive the world and being better of like, okay, I want to be better though. So I recognize that they tried. I recognize that they did this, this, and this, um, but I want to be better. And that's how as a generation we heal. That's how we get the next generation to be a little bit better, which I truly think that each generation of this life of these people who have lived here, these humans has gotten at least a little bit better each time. Um, dude, dude, dude. I literally, right before we started recording, Dr. Nicole LaPera, LaPera I, I screenshot it. Look, bitch. Um, <laughs> he tweeted and said, past generations survived, but we're here to thrive. Literally. That's like, that's yes. That's exactly what you're saying. Yes. Like, that's exactly what, exactly. Like, we are here to just be a little bit better. So if you can take this time to distance and just find even one thing where you're like, okay, I, I can do this better, then that is bettering this entire world. And then the last like little reminder I wanted to give was just that you're not responsible for your family. Um, I think family dynamics are obviously a very difficult thing. I think they're very complex. I think there's a million and 12 different ways that they can be. But you as a child in that role in your family, in that, in that family, um, are not responsible for keeping your family together. You are not responsible for your parents financially. You are not responsible for keeping your parents together. You're not responsible for keeping your siblings and your parents talking. You're not responsible for any of that. And I think that that's something that we put on ourselves and a lot of our parents put, whether it be on purpose or not, uh, manipulate and guilt us into thinking like, I am responsible. I have to do this. I mentioned before that like I'm like the glue of my family like that's a very I am the middle child I am the peacemaker so like anytime there was a fight I felt like I had to step in and be like okay I'm gonna talk to everyone involved I'm gonna do this I'm gonna fix it I'm gonna fix it I'm gonna fix it I was a child like I can't fix these things Mm -hmm. and uh, I had a therapist one of my first therapists that I remember talking about my relationships with my parents growing up and sharing with them that I was often like a confidant for both my parents and they were like, you realize that that is a form of like abuse, right? Like that is sort of like an emotional molestation wow. of like taking advantage of because, because a, a parent should never be putting like a friend conversation on their child. Your job as a child is to be someone's child, which means it's their job to protect you. It's their job to help you sort things out but you don't have to do that for them. Now, if you have the emotional capacity, the mental capacity, maybe the financial capacity to help people finance, like that's different. You're extremely lucky, but it is not your job. And even if you have a lot of money, say, and so your parents or your family, someone in your family is like, okay, so yeah, you have all this money. Like you should help me with this. You still don't have to. You can if you like want to, if that's something that calls to you or whatever, but like it it should be 
it's not an expectation. Like you are your own person. You did your own work. You found your own abundance. Like that is that is yours. Exactly. Sharing it is great, but never feel like you have to do these things. Like you have to carry your family because that is not your job from the role of a child. Well, I'm so glad that that's how you like kind of ended your little bit because that is exactly what I wanted to talk about. I'll just, I'll bring it up right now. Shit. Uh, um, regardless of what your situation is, like everyone's is different. Everyone has different levels of severity <clears throat> for me personally. It doesn't matter like which horrible situation I'm referring to. I was dealing with and participating in just through learned behavior and protection mechanisms, emotional abuse and a lack of emotional control and intelligence. And I am not going to continue to repeat that cycle. I'm not going to participate in it any further. I'm not going to repeat it anymore. And if that means fully removing myself from the situation, then that's what that means. Like, it's just, it's kind of a matter of like, I talked about it earlier now that I'm an adult, you know, like I was very, I feel like as a kid though, I, I knew I wanted to have some distance. I already had a lot of distance. I was staying with other people all the time. Yeah. Um, which was like just a lot. I feel like my experience and what I'm going to say about this is a little bit, um, more not negative, but I'm, it's a little bit less like your parents tried. Like, it's like, okay. So for the ones, for the, for the ones who are pissed. Right. Right. So for, so for the ones who are still kind of like, um, well, not that you're not still dealing with things, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, so I like Kelsey was saying how she had to set boundaries and limit communication with her family. I've also done that. Um, I've gone no contact multiple times. There was it was like upwards of a year at one time. And then like for just months at a time, it's happened on and off since I was very young. Um, I think the biggest thing that has helped me is therapy and boundaries, because like I kind of said earlier, you can't heal in a, the same environment that is hurting you. Something has to change. It doesn't mean that everyone is fucking toxic, but the way that it's working right now is like the way that it's operating yeah. right now is not a well-oiled functioning, healthy machine. So I'm going to jump around a little bit. Okay. You guys right now in my adult life, I am at a stage where I have to be really big on observations. I have to be really big on like noticing this is how I feel when certain events happen so that I can like take emotional accountability and take the actions or the correct steps just to like prevent that from happening again. So for example, I noticed that every single time I visit my home, um, I have some type of long-term and short-term emotional and mental issue that, uh, yeah. I mean, one example is in 2022, was it? No, 2021. Um, and 2021, like after a four day visit at home, I ended up in the hospital. Like yeah. <laughs> it was, it's just, so something growing up as I always knew that I was going to, like, I used to dream about like being able to cut off my family. And that's very, like, probably very painful if they're, they're listening. Um, and I have grown a lot since then and realized like, okay, that doesn't need to be that way. Um, I've come to a place where it doesn't need to be that way anymore. They've come to a place where it doesn't need to be that way anymore. But like you were saying earlier, I'm not responsible for what they do or don't do. If, yes. if they choose to heal or how they choose to heal, it might not look like the type of healing I need. And even if they do heal in the way that I need, I've been through a certain amount of trauma that it is now like, I. it is not worth me 
considering ending my life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it, it's not. And, and it, since it's come to that point, I have to be extremely mindful of that. Also, because I'm, I have a husband, my emotions and my mental and emotional health really affect him. We're literally working through something right now because I saw my family for a couple days. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and it's been months that I've been working through this shit. So one thing that really helped me though, um, <clears throat> kind of a little emotional side comment is when I was in high school, um, someone who was older than me wrote a letter and they were thanking me. They thought I was like super cool or whatever. Um, who would they think were, that? <laughs> and, and they were graduating, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> weed cough. Always. So they were graduating and they were giving people these notes, like all of their friends. And I didn't expect to get one really because they were older than me. And like, we were, we had, um, a class together, like an elective together, but other than that, like we really never saw each other. So I just was very shocked when they gave me one. And I was obviously like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like, obviously I'm going to miss you. Like you're a fucking star. Like you're so talented. <laughs> like you'll do great things. Um, but the note was thanking me for showing them that just because your parents might not understand you or like you or agree with you. It doesn't mean that there is anything inherently wrong with you. You can still be a good person or a cool person or a great person. Yeah. Um, and just have parents that don't get you. And yeah. like and, and maybe it's not even that they don't get you. Maybe they have too much going on in their life to even have time for you. And that's hard too. That's like very relatable. So this this note meant the world to me because I used to battle a lot with self-worth due to my family dynamic. It was a super mind fuck because I was often attacked at home for my beliefs or hobbies. I was often judged for what I wore, how I just how I looked in general, um, for my friends, for my passions or my curiosity. And I always knew that everything I was doing was coming from a place of love and wanting everyone to feel safe and okay. So I knew like, even if I, even though I'm young and I know that I don't know everything, I I'm not a fucking bad person. So <laughs> even if I get a couple details wrong, like there's no reason I should be treated this way. Like I'm the fucking spawn of Satan, some evil fuck. And may, and I used to think, I just felt really stupid. I used to think maybe I expressed myself incorrectly or I was often told that I wasn't very smart and that I could never possibly understand these adult concepts, which are literally just like every day concepts. Like, dude, I can't even, the only reason that I even voted was because my best friend Mo like threatened me. <laughs> and she was like, if you want to be my friend, you will vote. And I was like, Mo, you don't understand. I could never possibly understand politics. It's I'm not smart enough to, it's, it's something I'll never be able to like conceptualize. And she was like, stop fucking saying that. Yes, you can. I've talked to you about politics. I like, you understand what you're saying. And I was like, no, 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 that's just you and me talking about social shit. And she was like, Danielle, that's politics. Like you're, <laughs> um, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So like I, it was just getting that note from this person in high school did a lot for me. Um, because it, it took a lot of like guilt, I guess I had, and like fear that I was the issue, a lot of self-worth issues that I had were like, it was just nice to know, like, oh my God, there are other people who are also my age. Like who, like, you're just a fucking kid. Like what could you have done that is so bad to be you're like trying your best? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just always knew that like I was coming from a place of love and goodness so that even if I was stupid, like my parent would say, um, I was like, well, you know, I might be dumb, but at least I'm not fucking mean. Like, like you. 
Damn, <laughs> exactly. And so that's what I was trying to say earlier is like, regardless of what severity level it is at that time, I was dealing with a lot of emotional abuse and a lack of emotional control and intelligence. And due to being in that environment, I often participated in it. I do not believe in like the whole mutual abuse thing. Like as someone who has grown up in an abusive environment, and then I also at one point was in a very abusive relationship after a certain point, you just try to start fucking defending yourself. And sometimes you do go crazy. It's, uh, it is never the victim's fault, but I knew that I did not want to repeat that and continue to participate in that any further. That's why I often stayed with other people or that's why I used to like swear up and down. I will like, wait till I turn 18. Like you'll never fucking see me again. Like wait till I have money. Like I'll pay you off for like I used to feel guilty that they ever like, you know, paid for my school books. And when in sixth grade, you know, when you're, they're like, Oh, your, your school stuff. You, you know, I send you to a public school, but there's still some fees. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm a child who needs an education. <laughs> so sorry. Like, so I remember thinking like, okay, like I'll pay them back for like buying me clothes before I was old enough to, you know, get a job and such. <laughs> um, and then they'll never have to see me again. Now I have come a lot farther in my healing journey. Um, and I, but that's not for like a lack of, not even like for a lack of trying. I was that angry bitch. I was ready to go like no contact. And I did do that multiple times. I did whatever I needed to do in order to heal and be a better person going forward. And I would do it again. I honestly have zero regrets. And then that's something it's really like, once I get going about this, it's very hard for me because I have such strong opinions and trauma in this uh, area, but I also have so much love for my family. So it's very confusing. Um, I feel like I'm always going back and forth between one. I've, I've always wanted to share my story. I didn't have this much room for and this much space for forgiveness for them when I was growing up. So I've always been like, I'm going to share my story because it needs to be told because what happened to me wasn't okay. I wasn't safe. I wasn't like even respected as a child. Um, but then when you get older, you know, and like you start to see people as human beings and all that shit, then it's like, well, damn, I kind of want to protect certain people. But then I'm like, why am I protecting people who did not protect me when I was just this young, innocent child that literally just needed love and protection? Like, why could I not get that? And it's easy for someone to say, oh, I did love you or I did do that. And it's like, okay, so I guess we just have very different realities and memories and call me crazy then. I don't know. Um, it's, it's It's been a roller coaster. And so what I've learned throughout all of this, um, from going no contact to then doing minimal contact. And then honestly, after I went no contact for a while, I was, my family and I did separate healing. I think they saw that I went on my own path and continued to be okay. And then they, they also did their own thing. I don't know, honestly, like what happened during that time. Like Kelsey asked me like, Oh, what's going on with your, with da 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 da. And I was like, I don't know, bitch. I really don't know. Um, it's, it's still something I, I battle with to this day is like trying to figure out a balanced, um, relationship between what, what, what am I safe with and what do I want? What do I deserve? What do they deserve? Like, I love them. How much can I let them in? Do I want to let them in? Is it worth all of that shit? I think an important component to it too, is like, we both have mental health issues as well. And like, so do our parents. And so like, we have waves of like, sometimes, I can handle a lot of them and they can handle a lot of me and sometimes they're ready to heal and sometimes I'm ready, you know, it doesn't always line up. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, they are, they're on their own journey. I can't control them. I can genuinely only control myself. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, guys, I'm going to be real with you. The, the no contact thing hurts deeply and it is, but at the same time, it's really freeing and really healing. And if you're someone that's had to do it, I'm so sorry. And like, yes, I did, you know, um, we, me and my, my family and I opened that connection back up, but damn, like I was supposed to have a book out by now, all about my life that I haven't even started writing because I'm so scared of like the repercussions that I'm going to get from my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was never something I gave a fuck about until I started really healing in therapy and trying to work on myself. And then I started kind of giving more of a fuck about their feelings, even though, even though like my therapist was like, bitch, write the book. I think you should. I think it would be great. Like it was just like, yeah, but also like I am working on what do I, I don't know. It's just, it, it becomes so emotional, you guys. So just know like you're heard. And yes, I did open up contact with my family, but that doesn't always happen for people. And if it hasn't happened yeah. for you, and if you're someone that has had to do that and, and it's probably, you know, never going to have a, a reconnection with them, I'm so sorry, but you are going to be okay. And we I, there is a light at the end of the tunnel is basically what I'm saying. Okay. Um, what I've done, cause like I've had, I've had a lot of years to really practice and like to think about this shit. I, from a young age, redefined what family meant to me. I got in trouble actually once for tweeting in high school. I tweeted family ain't defined by blood. And my mom saw it and like <laughs> was so mad. Um, and she like, I mean, cussed me the fuck out and was like, we get it. You hate us. And I was like, no, bitch, I get it. You hate me. Like, <laughs> it was a mess. But like, I, I redefined what family meant. We talk a lot about soul family on this channel. And soul family is something that I have been blessed with from a young age. I knew from a young age who my soul family was. I just was always surrounded by the most generous, loving and aligned people. I, I was lucky enough to always have people around me that I felt safe with. Um, and like, I could like really put not only like my, you know, immediate safety and like, Oh yeah, I'm comfortable being around you, but also my trust in like, Hey, like I actually might need to crash with you, um, for a long time. Like, are your parents going to be okay with that? And thank fuck. Like they were like, I could not have done it without like the Glott family, the DeGreen family, my grandma, um, my cousin Tana and her family, um and also way more i just literally like i'm on the spot so i'm forgetting every single person who's ever helped me lizzie guys everyone help me okay every single friend i have help me um <clears throat> so just know like your your soul family it is so i don't know how to say i guess i guess like the beauty in it is that i know how fulfilling soul family can be and it is so beautiful because it's like your. I used to call it my chosen family before I heard about soul family. Yeah. And it's almost like better because it's like, yeah, bitch, I picked these people. Like there's yeah. no guilt of like, oh, you're, you hurt me every single day, but I have to be okay with it because you're my family. No, I picked these people because they don't hurt me. And I love what they stand for. And I love that they make me a better person. And I love that they actually care about my safety and my well-being. Yes. Um, and we did just do an episode about like your message, your message. And <clears throat> I do feel that although I still clearly have emotional reactions when I talk about these things and I know that it, a healing journey is going to be a, probably a for everything, um, for not just for me, but for everybody, I still want to cultivate everything that I didn't have in childhood going forward, like a sense of stability, a sense of even like cleanliness I want to say like I don't know how to say that like not in like a way like we didn't have roaches or anything like that 
Um, but just like everything was chaotic. Like yeah. I, I, I wanted more structure. I wanted like a clear, I also, like you said, I'm mentally fucking ill. Like I <laughs> wanted that to be addressed. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't want to just be like, oh, you're the responsible one. You, nothing's ever wrong with you. Like you can handle anything cause you're the responsible one. And then it's like, how am I the responsible one when I'm like literally never at home? I'm literally never living here. Like it's just because I get straight A's and the public loves me. But like, it's just, it was such, it was crazy. And I, but what I've taken from that is like all of that stuff. I used to think like, oh man, like now I'm so fucked up going forward. Cause that's all stuff that I needed. Like that was all transformative. That was just a time in my life where I needed to grow. Those were years that I really could have like learned a lot. And it's not now a matter of, oh, now I lack all of that going forward. It's like, maybe that's like what I'm meant to cultivate going forward. Yeah. Like I, I just kind of like had to redefine it for me. Like, okay. Like it, I do know that I used to think I didn't need a place to live. I just needed like a bag that I could fit all my stuff in and a place to shower and a place to sleep. Like I genuinely thought I didn't need a place to live. Um, and then I look back at all of my years going, living like that and experiencing all of that and going through that abuse. And that's when I was at my prime eating disorder. My weight was insane. My skin was not happy. My hair was really brittle. Like my life was crazy. Like my mental illness was through the fucking roof and I had no grasp on it at all. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to live like that. No. And then like, it's interesting, like, cause I've known you since like you've started to have like finally have like a stable place to live and like have that safety and stuff and it's been so beautiful like watching this transition and this growth of like oh wow actually I can like enjoy my home and like all this stuff and it's like just a beautiful thing to be able to watch you like find this piece of like safety and it never would have happened though had I not distanced myself in the first place like and distancing it looks different for everybody and it can change as you change with the years. Like, and as you grow, you, you're not up, it's not up to you for your family to change. Okay guys, you're not responsible for that, but they might like, they genuinely, they're humans too. We're all one. They're on their own journey. So maybe some time apart is what they need to be able to think clearly. And like, even kind of, if they feel guilty while you're gone, like maybe they fucking should. Right. And like, it's not something that you're trying to like, be like, oh, like, miss me while I'm gone. Like, good luck, whatever. No, like, but it, like, a, like, maybe, like, the space will give people time. Like, because when you're yes. up in each other's face all the time, going at it all the time, nothing productive is going to come. When you're re-triggered no. by the same thing over and over. Like, I never would have been able to find the space to understand or start to forgive my parents if I didn't give myself space in the first place. I started going to therapy. I was able to talk about everything. Then I was able to see, like, oh, well, they were going through their own situation that was consuming their life which is why the things that happened to me and my brothers happened no it doesn't make it okay but now I know oh it's not just because like we were the worst kids ever and we weren't good enough they literally had their own bullshit happening that they could not get a hold of and it's not because they hate you or anything like that it has literally most of the time has nothing to do with you as the child it is just I never would have got Right. How you can't get to that place a lot of times when you're around the same right. environment. Also, because like, let's be real, if you're no matter what you're dealing with, how are you supposed to get yourself like to a healing stage? Often that does include setting boundaries, going to therapy, seeking guidance from other people, putting in new steps and practices about like what you're going to do. And people don't always respond to that. Whether it's gonna, it's gonna often cause like friction right away, right? Right, right. Like, I, we have a good friend who was living at home, um, and just her move out date kept getting pushed farther and farther and farther, and she kept getting like 
illnesses and rashes and, and a bunch of stuff kept happening to her. And we were like, baby girl, like you can do this. You can get through this. And as soon as you do, like things are just going to get so much better because it's just hard when you're surrounded by the chaos at the time, it's hard to heal from the chaos when you're still in it. Yes. Yes. You can't see what the problems are when you're buried by it. Like you need to get out and look from an outside perspective and like, just allow yourself that chance. You're worth that chance. You're worth that risk even of like, if it's scary, like just take a chance on yourself. And also if I was very stuttery this episode, guys, it's a very triggering episode. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm talking all cool because if I don't talk with like a slight attitude and a little bit of like fuckery and like aggression to it, like, I mean, I don't want to sob. You know <laughs> we what have I mean? to fake it a little bit to make it. <laughs> I'm either going to be bitchy or I'm going to be a complete triggered mess. So... <laughs> You're getting the strong version. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to be tough with you. Tough love, baby. You guys got it. I've a couple of times when I was, I will say, shout out to my mom when I've told her straight up, I'm setting a boundary right now. Oftentimes she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, oh, okay. Like she, like now that she's done her healing, like it's hard, right? Cause it's like, yeah. she, it took, it took us not and I'm not this whole episode was not just about my mother please she is the she is it's not just about her um <laughs> uh anyways like it took a lot of time but my mom has done her own healing and I think when I set that boundary she didn't even question it and I'm pretty sure that's because she has also been on a healing journey and was has been learning about boundaries so it was nice because like one time I set a boundary with her and I go nope sorry this is a boundary I'm setting right now and and I watched her like go oh okay and like (laughs) she didn't like have anything else to say and she like I saw her processing it and I was like hey you know what like this is the fact that she even responded positively to a boundary is why like we're on this open communication healing journey you know what I mean oh yeah my now mom that being said, like you said, Kelsey, if I get triggered on the wrong day, like I'm writing that book. <laughs> My mom, I have to be a little bit more subtle with because when I tried to set a boundary with her, like openly, mm-hmm. it was Thanksgiving and I was tr- making an apple pie and she, I was using the wrong bowl or something. And I was like, okay, mom, well, I'm helping you. Like I'm, I'm going to do it how I do it. And she was like the rest of the day talking about how ooh Kelsey's gotten so tough and like she talks back and stuff and I just remember being like this is why I'm in therapy I like I'm never I'm never setting a boundary again it'll never be (laughs) that was like my triggering like I was like okay so I need to do this differently and I thought I was doing so good I remember (laughs) there was a time when I was younger um my parents had really bad control issues like since their shit was out of control they would like take it out on the children and one time uh one of my parents was like you're not allowed to have privacy anymore you're never allowed to shut your door (laughs) just for no fucking reason just just to like be in charge and and i remember being like no i i am 16 I'm shutting my door for privacy. Like, I deserve that. That is my I have right. three brothers. They were like, you have no rights in this home. Like, and I was like, guys, and now when I set a boundary, my mom is just like, oh, okay. I know. So, that's so sweet. She's just like, all right. I mean, the conversation typically stops there. It's not like a, but it's like, yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time. I'm just going to be like, this is a boundary. I and I will say like I think I have a very um aggressive approach but I do think I my mom and I have been like cussing each other out since I was young and I don't think that that's cool. 
I know that's not okay. I don't want that for my family. I don't want like, I don't want that for anybody. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to continue to participate in that. But guys, I was not a mouthy child. Okay. It was just after a certain breaking point, I had to step in and speak my mind and defend (laughs) one of my siblings. And I had a lot to say. Okay. And And that's when the cursing really started. I did snap. I did snap. (laughs) I think about it often. Because I'm like, now that I'm better at cussing, I would have worded things differently. You're like, damn, I wish I had used motherfucker six more times, less shit. I think I just literally said fuck like six times. Like I was like, what the fuck are you fucking saying? It's fucking crazy. I'm I'm fucking crying. I can't fucking handle it. Fuck. (laughs) Oh, you would have put some way more sprinkles in that now. You would have. Oh my God, I know. You would have been like, you cunt fucker. You guys have no idea. I set a boundary with a neighbor one time on my porch. Oh, my um, God. And it was so – I mean, I'm healing, guys. I'm healing. This was, this was years ago. This was at this point two and a half years ago. I've grown, and I was learning how to deal with confrontation at that time. Um, and this bitch said the N-word on my porch, and so she did have to be cussed out. It was justified. Also, this person, like, pet raccoons – in her trash oh my cans God. And, and then and she tried to she tried to give them beer too and yeah. i was like first of all don't like i don't think you should get a raccoon drunk no i don't think you should get anything all, drunk second of all like please don't go and i was like don't i don't think you should touch a raccoon like they can be aggressive and she was like that's just a rumor i was like who the fuck is out here spreading rumors about raccoons you lying bitch right you're insane. No. No, that person deserved to be cu- they because some people unfortunately will only ever get it if they get cussed out and she still didn't get it. No, like, she still didn't, but then I had to cuss her out once in front of her boyfriend and he started apologizing like for her and he was like, "She just has no filter." And I was like, "That literally means that she just said what she was thinking." So, I don't give a fuck. Like, right? She like, was like, that's an excuse. She was like, I'm going to report you guys for da-da-da-da. It was something that we didn't do, but she did. And she was like, well, if I get caught, I'm going to say you did it. And I was like, well, that's pretty fucked up, bitch. And started, <laughs> like, that's all I remember is. And then blacked Emily, out. <laughs> Emily was Emily was lighting my gravity bong for me because that was when we lived together. We were all on the porch and she would come, this lady would come over and, like, try to smoke our weed. So, I mean, we would let her until things got crazy. Until things got crazy with, like, all of her controversy. Um. But yeah, Emily was lighting my gravity bong and she was not zoning it. Like she was just like in her own world. And then as soon as she heard me say, well, that's pretty fucked up, bitch. She like looked up and was like, oh, I'm back. What happened? What did I miss? Like, what did you do? Yeah, that, that lady was, she tried I think, me. I think my favorite story of her is when she walked outside with her bird and then got upset that her bird flew away. Oh, but like, the bird, fuck, I forgot about that. Oh my God, I, you guys. That was actually like... I'm sad for the bird because the bird died. It was the middle it was of winter. winter. Right. Yeah. Um, and but she used to take her bird outside and like she would like not on a leash. Like so she would just like let it play. And I'm like, bitch, it saw other birds. And it was right? like, wait, mom. Like, right. The fuck? Like you can't was- be mad that it wanted to join its cousins. But like you shouldn't have tempted it like that. Like, I don't know much about birds, but I don't feel like you should play with their fate like that. No. And you shouldn't get upset at them. And also not in the dead of winter in fucking New Hampshire when it's going to freeze. I know. Uh, but and it then- was very sad because the, I think the bird did die and may yes. Bubba rest in peace. Yes, it definitely died. And I saw her days later Kelsey, and she yes. was. Yes. Yes, it definitely died. <laughs> I saw Me. her. Who knows? Days later and she asked me if I had seen her bird. And I was like, are you the dumbest person in the world? No, your bird is gone. Like it has been days. Your bird is 
gone. Not have you seen my bird. Have you seen my bird? Which I wouldn't know if I did. Right? I'm like, I don't, I, birds you, Wait birds. a minute, Jerry? Oh, yeah. oh no, his name's He's Bubba. down on 6th no. Street. Right, it was no, Jerry I was, that I was, I was hanging out with. Yeah, I was just talking to Jerry on my way over here. The pigeon with one leg? Yeah, Jerry. We were tweeting. No! That's fucking awesome. Um, look, you guys, if Kelsey and I didn't distance ourselves from our families, we never would have cultivated these incredibly funny personalities. I'm exactly. just kidding. We, we had the humor because that's how you cope. But it's blossomed. But it was the trauma. That, yeah. We put that distance there to really let it marinate and cook. <laughs> oh, all right. That's fuckers. all I really have to say on this yeah. situation, you guys. It's been really heavy on our hearts. And I just wanted to let you guys know you're not fucking alone. No. You are so not alone. And it is often... If you have to do this, like I said earlier, the way it goes against everything biologically within you, it's okay that it hurts. It doesn't mean that you did the wrong thing, but please get in therapy because it's going to help you yes. feel so much better and give you the proper tools to be able to deal with this because it is some painful shit that a lot of us really do require in our healing journey. Yeah. And it, I think therapy is one of the most important things because it's not really a journey that can be done alone. Like you really need the unbiased support of a professional a lot of times. It really... That that is something that I mean that was one of the biggest things that helped me was having that person. And I do want to say I understand that therapy is a privilege and a luxury. Yes. And if you cannot afford that, um, I highly recommend going on YouTube and looking up like there. I follow a couple therapists. Mickey Atkins is my favorite. But you can look up um, different doctors, different therapists, and just look up different techniques. And like mm -hmm. um, you can start. I prefer to stay off of TikTok because. I just personally don't know how to like tell who is fully like, yeah. I don't know, vetted on there, I guess. Um, whereas like with YouTube, I just feel like because it's long form content too often, like, you know what I mean? It's like a little bit, I understand the algorithm. Maybe that's me being old or some shit. I'm, I'm <laughs> literally 25, but I feel old. Um, but what I'm saying is Mickey Atkins, I highly recommend her page. There's a bunch of therapists on YouTube that I follow that I actually just watch for like their tips. I don't use that in replace of therapy. You know what I mean? In, right. In replace as a replacement. <laughs> Guys, well, you know how when you're like triggered or like a little anxious, like your words are just not real. Yep. <laughs> we were talking about a very scary big girl subject today. Okay. We're and I was very brave. That. We were very, very brave. brave. You deserve lots of weed now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get high. All right, you guys. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add, Kelso? Just that I love y'all and I'm always here for you. We're always here. You're not alone. If you're someone who struggles with your family dynamic, baby, you are not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. Um, stay safe. Stay blessed. Stay high. Bye.